And so I'd never worry about kids in a congregation. That ain't going to bother me a bit. It may bother you. Just move to the other side of the church, you know. Just leave them alone. They're not hurting anybody. They're, they're, this is a family gathering. Can't you just see Jesus in one of his teaching sessions getting up there and saying, all right, now you parents out there, there's about 50,000 of them, you parents out there, now I want you to make your kids behave so you can hear me. Well, they'd have thrown their beer cans at him. And they didn't even have beer cans. You know? It's like in church. Shh, don't move. Don't bat an eye. Well, this ain't that kind of church. Okay? I look forward to the day when most of you are on the floor laughing and rolling and carrying on in God and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'd much rather preach to a bunch of people who are intoxicated than a bunch of this stone-cold soldier. It's a lot more fun. All right. Spiritual discernment. Jesus knew that the healing of the man would upset the religious people. Jesus knew it before he did it. It says he looked around about him and he saw the looks on their faces. He knew they were lying in wait. He knew they were looking for something to accuse him with. And the Bible says he did what? Well, I guess I better not upset the apple cart here. Have you ever been in a church where you wanted to break loose and go, Hallelujah! But you knew if you did, it would scare them out of their britches. And you'd be escorted out. Sorry about that. Did I wake the baby? Okay. What do you call that? What do you call that? He knew they would be upset. He did it anyway. Bingo. How'd you know that? You call that spiritual discernment. You're a very discerning man. Jesus discerned their religious spirit, but he didn't let it stop him. Church, we best not back off on what the Bible says to please religious people. Too much of that's going on in this country today. Why? Why is that so important, Pastor? Because God, Jesus, wants people free. And if you remove the supernatural element, if you remove the deliverance and the healing and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and all you talk about is the being saved, and with some... That means even less because all you really have to do is come down to the altar and shake the preacher's hand. Bless God, you're in forever. You can go back out there and party hardy for the rest of your life. You're going to be there. I don't quite go there. I'm not quite in those folks' camp yet. I I hope I never am. But neither am I in the camp of those who believe that if if you get saved and follow God and you commit one little sin, if you have one little bad thought, sorry about that, off the hell you go. I'm not in their camp either. Somewhere in between those two extremes of Arminianism and Calvinism, two systems of theology, is the truth that God's grace can keep me, but I cannot use God's grace as a license to sin and believe that I'm just going to be escorted right into heaven. Listen, you that are sinning and thinking you're saved, you will not be at home in heaven. Why would you want to go there? You can't sin there. I mean, it is faulty reasoning. How many of you like Chinese food? Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand. How many of you don't like Chinese food? Raise your hand. Okay, if, if I were to tell you, Kim and Alan, oh, good to see you, Alan. If I were to tell you, Kim and Alan, let's go, I'm going to go buy you a Chinese dinner. You'd say, mm, Pastor, could we do Mexican or Italian or something like that? I'm not into Chinese at all. You wouldn't want to go there, would you? Why would anybody that loves to sin and sins all the time want to go to heaven? You can't sin there. There is no sin there. Now, here's another clue for you. For those that are not yet saved, pass this along to them because all of you here are saved, right? You can't go to heaven without being born again no more than a fish can live out of water. 
Because you see, in heaven, you have to have the new nature to exist there. The old nature, the old flesh is not going there. The Bible says we have to be changed. We have to be transformed from the inside out, from the inside. But if we die before the rapture takes place, if we die, we're saved. Our spirit's going to go to be with God. If we are alive and saved at His coming, our body will be changed. It will be changed. That's what the Bible says in Thessalonians. Our bodies are going to be changed, Alan. We're going to be transformed. Those of you that have had a problem with poor eyesight, no more. But see, you're going to have a new body. It's fashioned. It's made to exist there. I, I liken it under outer space. If you and I were, were, were to go up in a spaceship and we would say, I'm just going to go take a walk on the moon without a spacesuit, we'd be dead in that quick. But in that spacesuit, we could live there. When you and I go to heaven, we've been fashioned for His glory. We've been fashioned to live. If, if a sinner somehow got into heaven, he would be burned to smithereens in an instant. He can't even get there. That's why all those jokes about sinners in heaven that are just so, un, so theologically un, incorrect as to be funny. Like some of my buddies used to say, somebody told them they were going to hell, and they say, well, I'll just go down there with the rest of my friends. Well, that, that might be funny to somebody who don't know what hell is. But I can tell you right now, it won't be no fun. It won't be no party. And God forbid that any of you should get down there with them people because I guarantee you they will not be your friends when you get there. There will not be no happy times in hell.